This is Potions and Potpourri. I'm not Kayla. I'm Keisha. I'm Kayla. Wow. Uh, <laughs> thanks for popping in again. It's been a minute. Can you tell? Uh, we are a D&D podcast where we just, you guessed it, talk about D&D, but also other TTRPG stuff. Uh, we also occasionally have one shots, you know, or well, life plays, I should say. We're going to cut a lot of this out in the intro. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, we also do interviews. We also do... Potions. Potions. <laughs> God. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, we oh, are no. clearly great at improv. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, we do a lot of stuff. Thanks for listening. We're, Don't know why. We're a variety <laughs> podcast. <laughs> We have no structure. Uh, today, though, we're going to be doing an interview with a couple of friends of ours. If you want to introduce yourselves. I'm Melanie. <laughs> oh, and I'm Evan. Um, <laughs> we're married. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Melanie, Melanie and Evan Lerum is who we have oh tonight. Oh, my God. Our names are on the freaking internet. What are you doing? <laughs> now they know. Now we could have knows. them not be on the internet if you want. That's, That's fine. Okay. I'm fine with it. We can leave it out. We can just be like, I'm free. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't matter to me. I don't know. If they want to find me. You should have signed a contract right. before you started the show, That's huh? That's right. Sign away your God. rights to us. Full of green M&Ms on the table. Yeah, exactly. Some sparkling waters. <laughs> we have uh, the Lyrums here today <laughs> to talk about some cool homebrew stuff. Melanie has been on our show before. We interviewed her talking about character backstories. And I think this is actually really cool because the character that she gave a lot of examples of on that episode is going to come into play into today's talks as well. Yeah, I didn't actually think about Agatha that. Agatha Moonwood. Nice. <laughs> so I think that's really interesting. And we're excited to have her back and to have Evan for the first time. Hey, yeah, happy to be here. Great. <laughs> so before we really start talking about the main topic, we just wanted to ask you guys some questions and start warming things up. Please. Flowing around a little bit more. As if it's not already warm right now. <laughs> Montana <laughs> weather. Both of you can take turns. I don't care who goes first, but just briefly tell us about your D&D experiences. And if you DM, how did you get into doing that? Great. You want to go first? Sure. So I'm a player. Uh, I do not DM. I <laughs> am currently just in one campaign. I have been in a handful of campaigns in the past. I think it's been about six going on seven years I've played D&D. Sounds all right. Yeah. yeah. It's about as long as Evan and I have been married. Um, it was like the following wow. fall <laughs> that we got married was when we started fun. doing D&D. That's so sweet. It is sweet. It's fun. Um, and we haven't always been in the same campaigns together, but right. we often chat about D&D together, which is really fun. Um, yeah. And... That's me. I am currently playing Agatha Moonwood, who is a human monk, uh, and is kind of the, I guess, the thing that initiated the festival that we're going to talk about that happened. Yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah. It's going to be great. All right. What about you, Evan? Great. I'm Evan, and I am a D&D player and a dungeon master. Yeah. I would say I've probably dungeon mastered more than playing, but it's like about 50-50 these days. Um. I sometimes think of myself as a forever DM, but that's like definitely not true. But I do enjoy DMing. It is a lot of fun. I'm currently running the campaign that Agatha is in. Melanie's character, Agatha Moonwood. Um, they are playing with three other people. And so it's nice. It's a nice small group. Yeah, it's a good size. I was just going to say, what? Just like, what? Four? <laughs> Four players in one dungeon master. And you know, kind of going back to what you were saying a minute ago, Evan, I think you're the only person I played D&D with that does play and DM pretty regularly. Really? Mm, because yeah. Evan was a player in me and Keisha's uh, Rift homebrew campaign until just recently. And... Funny enough story, Evan is actually who got me and then consequently Keisha into mm -hmm. Dungeons and Dragons in the first place. Wow. I know. Yeah. So it's kind of gone full circle from here. He's yeah. also the reason that both of us were able to try DMing in the past. And it was part of his homebrew campaign was our first campaign we played in where we all took turns DMing and building the story together. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. That was a long, epic level campaign. It really was. <laughs> yes, a big one. Keisha, you mentioned earlier uh, small having just four players. I I mean, it, yeah. And it's because that first campaign for all of us that we all played together so many was people. like anywhere from 
regularly, it was like anywhere from like eight to eleven people. Yeah, which was kind of a nightmare. <laughs> well, and it was fun at the time. Like sure. we all got just like. And we were all starting, so like we didn't really have a set campaign yet. We were all like taking turns doing one-offs, and mm-hmm. with that many people, you can have people miss and it not be a big deal. Right. It was but easy it, to learn too. It was uh, easy to learn. Had to miss exactly what you just said. Had to miss a few episodes or a few sessions. That wasn't bad. Right. And then to come back into the storyline was really easy to jump back into. Because it was all over the place. It was all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was great. It's funny that for us, it's the opposite for most people where they're like, I can barely find like a group that like consistently can stay together and wants to play and everything. So like three or four is amazing. And we're just like, we had too many. Tiny. <laughs> yeah. Too many. Yeah, we've all four been playing D&D together for at least five years. Yeah. That's how long you and I have been playing roughly now. Yeah. yeah. So been off and on together for a while. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of fun to think about. It's fun to think about. <laughs> Uh, Evan, since you're the DM for this current campaign, just talk a little bit more about being a DM. Like, what's your style, would you say? What's my secret? What are your secrets? (laughs) What sort of DM are you? I am a person who has never (laughs) taken notes in my life. And, like, it's a blessing, for sure. Sometimes it stresses me out. (laughs) Sometimes it's a curse. Sometimes I rely on my players to take notes for random NPC names that I throw out. (laughs) Same. But, like, for most things, it just lives in my brain. And that's, like, kind of fun. Um, In terms of DMing, though, I take most of my inspiration just straight from the internet. Like, right now, we're playing in Beirut mm-hmm. in a country called Cormir. And I think a lot of people would know about it. Mm-hmm. I uh, bet. Which helps a lot because I don't have to think up everything. But it, a ton of stuff is changing from what you find on the internet. So like, it's definitely a homebrew, but it's built off of published material. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Yeah, you tell us. <laughs> I would say you, D- uh, you Evan, yeah. UDM. <laughs> UDM. Oh, yes. you Evan, uh, are also very good about like setting up the background with a lot of words, but then letting the players like take a hold of the story. That's nice. Uh, yeah, it's like I I haven't played this ever, but I'll hear sometimes people describe their DMs like really uh, bottlenecking them into a situation mm-hmm. or bottlenecking them to like follow exactly the storyline that they want to see happen. Totally. And I would say it's uh, not that way at all in wow. Evan's campaign that we very much have like freedom of choice as like one might in real life just like choosing what we get to go do you do like i guess control it probably more than we realize yeah you're just like that makes me feel really good because i i try to make it seem like i'm not bottlenecking you but like i'm definitely corralling you in a direction sure yeah you got to if you're gonna have structure but it's not yeah there are choices to be made Mm -hmm. um which is great and like some of the choices that have been made have changed my story that I had intended. But. This is so interesting to hear because this is like exactly how Keisha ran the Rift campaign for us. Oh, and I we've talked so. about this so much already. <laughs> oh. uh, I've said almost exactly the same things to her, I feel like. So it sounds like you and Keisha are very similar DMs, which is interesting because she probably started learning some of her stuff from you I mean, in yeah, the beginning. Exactly. Like, literally. She learned, oh, you guys. She learned everything from me and then took it and slaughtered all our employees <laughs> and my best friend the first time she was a DM. And her own character. I would like true. to emphasize just how ruthless Keisha can be when it comes to DMing. It's true. Yep. You think yeah. Evan's as ruthless as oh, Keisha? by no means, absolutely not. Is he a benevolent DM? Um, I wouldn't uh, say that either. He's oh. by no means lenient upon us. Okay. Um, he like allows our consequence, or he, he allows for our actions to have real consequences for our characters. Um, but sometimes, so far, you know, he's just like, are you sure? And yeah. that's like helpful. We're like, oh, no, 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 never mind. Back up, back <laughs> words. Stop for a second. Yeah. yeah. Also, with any tough battles so far, I've kind of had a backup plan. Like, ooh, maybe Fraz's relative is there and can save your guys' butts when this fight's too tough. <laughs> or like, you know, Smart. situations like that where... Kind of a, I don't want to kill the players yet because right. we're still super early. Putting the cards into their favor, stacking the cards a little bit better. Yeah, exactly. In a sense. That's a pretty good segue, though, because one of my next questions was, what 
how did you kind of start to realize that you like to homebrew? Because this whole world mm-hmm. that you're in is mostly homebrew, other than, like you said, some pre-written stuff. Yeah. And how much homebrew do you like to have in your games versus using pre-written stuff? Sure. So I get most of my most of my setting, actually, I guess background, setting background and history from the internet. Okay. But then pretty much all the story I like to homebrew. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, when I run campaigns that are like pre-written and have tables to roll off of and like things to do mm-hmm. on a map, it's fun, but sometimes it's kind of overwhelming and you're not prepared to like move on to the next thing when a player has chosen a different path. You're like, oh, geez, where do I go from here? Oh, that's yeah. an interesting insight. And I don't like really like that feeling of struggling to figure out what's next. Yeah. I like to have it all in my brain so I'm prepared. <laughs> Even if I'm like not prepared for the situation they do, I like know what's happening in the town or sure. the, wherever they are. There's more freedom to it. There's more freedom to it. And I like making stories. <laughs> very good at it. Imagination's yes. fun. Can we tangent for a moment? Yeah. I just want to describe uh, more of like mine and Evan's like life at home. There's a lot of times I'll come home and Evan's like, all I did today was think about D&D. And I'm like, yeah, do you want to talk about it? He's like, no, I can't. Oh, that's so stressful. <laughs> oh, no. But like, yeah. even when we go like do hikes or something or driving, we'll like talk about, or rather I'll let him talk about to me the things that he can describe, the things that Fun. he is thinking about, or like even we'll together work out maybe some kinks that are uh, popping up and make sure that it all is fluid. Um, Even do one-on-one role-playing once in a while. Yeah, which is always really fun. I do that with all my characters once in a while. That's fun. Four players. Wow. It's pretty fun. Yeah, that is awesome. That's That's a good idea. Yeah, I've never really done that before. Never really knew how to go about that. How do you, how do you do that? Sure. So it, it is very dependent on what's going on in the world. So like, Agatha was recently in her village and there were a lot of people in the village for her to talk to if she wanted to. There's also this this uh, nobleman that Agatha has a crush on, mm-hmm. we can say. A relationship with, maybe. And, uh, <laughs> that one's easy to like justify some one-on-one time. <laughs> <laughs> She's trying so hard not to laugh right now. Oh, That's no. it's so cute. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the my other player, um, Katie Clinton, her character is Frasmorthos, a tiefling who has also a noble background and is often talking to her relatives. Uh, and they're pretty powerful tieflings themselves. So I've had a lot of one-on-one conversations with her. Neat. And um, a lot of the early world building revolved around her character and like... Hmm. Honestly, a lot of the world building everywhere revolves around all four characters. That's great. So they're really involved. Mm -hmm. But so do you just like have them come over by themselves or like if they're here not for D&D night, then you guys do some one-on-one role playing? How do you initiate that? It's usually the second. The second thing? I also have some insight into this. Sometimes it's like me and Evan go on a double date with Katie and her boyfriend. And then what it might turn into, and this isn't negative by any means, but it might turn into Evan and Katie yeah. chatting about DMs. I've and seen that and, happen. Me and Noah sitting across the table, just like listening in, like, yeah. okay, what's up? <laughs> and we like are intrigued. Um, and but there's also like I mean, last time day to day interactions is where it happens. Yeah, so. yeah. Last, interesting. Last time we went on a double date with them, Noah just became the third wheel, and we were we all yeah. three were talking, and poor <laughs> Noah was just listening, and we were like, he, "Do you want to listen?" He's like, "I'm loving." Yeah, <laughs> that's like, cute. Check. We're like, are you okay? Is this all right? And, and he knows. The answer is very much yes. With Noah. well, I'm sure they talk about D and D a lot yeah. too. So yeah. he knows the whole story probably more than anybody else because he's talking to Fraz, mm-hmm. who knows a bit more than other people. That's cool. true. I hadn't thought about that. He's fun. He's your biggest fan. He's my biggest fan. <laughs> That's yeah. my favorite thing about D&D in general. Just like that connection. Yeah. It's so much fun talking about it and just, it's so easy. Like if you're hanging out with friends who also play, you just can't help but be like, oh my God, like this is what happened to my character last time. And oh, do you remember when this happened? And like, oh, that reminded Absolutely. me of, you know, it's it's an integral part of your life. <laughs> and it's exciting to like share news about that right. other world that you live in. Well, especially yeah. now that it's so popular, especially in our generation. Mm-hmm. Um 
we can all talk about it because almost everybody plays now. So, or at least knows what it is and like understands yeah, what's happening. I started describing to coworkers at work. I'm like, can I, can I, can I get something <laughs> off my chest? And they're like, oh no, what's wrong? I'm like, oh, nothing. I just want to talk about my D&D campaign. Yeah. Okay, will you listen? <laughs> Please listen. That's excellent though. <laughs> okay. Well, so we were kind of talking about you homebrewing some stuff. And it sounds like you've homebrewed quite a bit of this world you guys are currently playing in, which you've been playing for over a year now? Yeah, about a year and a half. It's wow. Crazy. started Dang. last May, I believe. Great. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Where did the idea come from to start it? We honestly just wanted to play more. <laughs> and we wanted to play with a smaller crew. Well, sure. But and like, Evan, how Katie did Carson you decide really, on the idea? Katie was really intrigued by playing, so. And she never played before. She never mm-hmm. played before. So we got a small group together and we talked about like what each character is going to be and how they relate to each other. And we tried to get all the characters generally the same, same alignment. And I think it worked <laughs> out, but like there's still definitely conflict. Interesting. Inner party conflict, but it's, it, it's fun. Um, anyway, the start of the campaign was mostly focused on Fraz's character hmm. building because that's what I had the most to work with. Hmm. And then um, I had plans and they evolved over time as we like <laughs> of did course. some stuff. And, um, Not to interject or stop your thought process. So you had, everybody had character ideas first and then the story came after or like the plot basically? Yeah. I knew I wanted to play in Cormier just because we had mm. read a book about Cormier or at least listen to audio audiobook about Cormier. Neat. Um, and it gave me a lot of ideas. Um, and something we haven't done ever up to this point is play Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's hardly ever any dragons. There were rift dragons in your campaign. There was a, a sad, a sad stunted growth dragon in your campaign. <laughs> There's yeah. quite a few dragons in that campaign. I one time too. tamed a baby dragon. Yeah. And that was the extent of my dragon. There was a f- like one or two experiences in the original game. Yeah, like one or two. Right. I guess yeah, I shouldn't not. say never. You guys polymorphed 50%. that black dragon into a rat. Drove over him in a boat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you could have had more dragons, but no. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't well. But anyways, on. yeah, I get what your point is. So anyway, I brought in like 16 dragons. So yeah, Wow. Now 17. So dragons you know are part of your story pretty it's heavily. integral at this point. Neat. Wow. And that had nothing to do with Fraz's family, kind of. <laughs> but that was all based off of, Cor- well, that was all based off of what I had read in Bisbon's. That mm-hmm. new book oh, that yeah. came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then it was also based off lore in Cormier and also just my own thoughts. Great. So it's just like a little culmination of a bunch of stuff, but mostly some homebrew ideas. Yeah. That you wanted to write. Yeah. And that your characters wanted to play in. I hope they want to play in it. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get to the meat of this interview, which is something we're really excited to talk to you guys about mm-hmm. because... Evan, mostly you, but I'm sure, Melanie, you helped quite a bit, too. You guys hosted and ran this really cool in-person D&D game. Probably one of the most fun D&D things I have ever done. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) you guys hosted a festival in-game and also in person. So we got to do some actual Dungeons & Dragons role-playing and also real role-playing yeah and do some real activities alongside our characters activities very interactive it was like a field day but for D&D. it really was yeah it was so fun so we that's kind of why we wanted to do this in the first place because we really wanted you guys to talk about it and i just think it's such a unique and creative idea that it deserves a little bit of limelight oh yeah definitely i bet it could be very inspirational to a lot of i think so Mm -hmm. for sure so so May I begin? Sure, yeah. you can start. Uh, Tell us what it's called. I won't start that way. In fact, I will begin with simply uh, a little background of my character, Agatha Moonwood. She's a monk, and I made her in such a way that she came from a very like secluded village in the mountains, um, specifically the Stormhorns of Cormier, for those who are familiar enough with Cormier. Uh, in that village, I like as we just played throughout the first year or so, sometimes things would come up where we'd be like all of a sudden like, oh yeah, how many siblings do you have? Or... <laughs> And that was where, like, I made the misfortune of 
so intensively. And then other things came up, but one of them was like holidays that got celebrated in the village. And we described, uh, it was around Easter time this year or last year, I remember. And we're like, oh yeah, there's like a egg-like festival that happens at the village and eggs are a big part of it. And we ended up calling it, uh, Based off of deviled eggs, the Asmodeus Eggathon. <laughs> Asmodeus being this uh, very devil-like. Uh, he is the devil. He is. The, he's a devil god, right? He's the devil. He's god. the devil god. <laughs> so he's the supreme devil. So that was, and that just like came off the top of my head as we were playing, and then like as months in real life started to build, we're like, well, wait we should like continue on. What else does this holiday have to offer? And we started to realize like, oh, maybe at the village, there's like a challenge for every level of hell that the people get to partake in. Yeah. And they're not actually going to hell, but they're going to experience hell on earth. Is right. what's going to happen. Um, and the whole village is welcome to participate, but only certain people should, and only certain number of people are going to make it through each challenge. Mm-hmm. And then as like time got more and more, uh, uh, I guess, like made it more and more complex, we realized that we could actually run it in real life and make a party out of it. Uh, and that's just exactly what That's we exactly did. what you did. Yeah. It was, it was so fun. fun. How many people did you invite? 12. Really? Or 10. 10. I think 10. I think, 10. 10. Mm-hmm. I think oh. 13 were invited and 10 made it. Oh. Hmm. So... So yeah. you guys had decided to kind of run this festival in game and in real life and bring in some people that weren't part of your group. Yeah. May I talk about this part now? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so <laughs> we we created lore about Agatha's village um, beforehand, like she was saying. Part of this lore also is that Agatha comes from a village where they worship all nine gods equally. So they like really get into this one festival about Asmodeus. But that doesn't mean they're devil worshippers. Just well, like not just devil worshippers. Yeah, they're one ninth <laughs> devil worshippers. <laughs> um, so we like came up with all this lore b- beforehand. And the fact that it was near the spring equinox, just like Easter, like that was all brought up beforehand. And then in game, we were thinking about traveling to the monastery where you grew up near the Agathon. And somebody's like, wait, isn't that festival happening can't we just like hurry and get there in time and i'm like i guess i didn't plan for that but like let's <laughs> do it so the party does get there in time and they uh get ready for this festival and at this point i'm like trying to figure out ideas so we had the idea to do all nine layers of hell and there's a challenge in game and in real life yeah it's so cool and so all 10 people were here and you gave the people that weren't regulars in your game NPCs to play. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them were part, they were all villagers, right? Um, one of them was not a villager. One of them was a refugee that had actually traveled with the group up to the monastery. Okay, right. That's right. The rest of them were villagers, mostly Agatha's family. Mm-hmm. So there was... Yeah. We had a friend play my grandfather. We had... Kayla play my despicable sister, yeah, uh, which was such a fun role play. It was so perfect was, for me. Almost <laughs> like too well done. <laughs> it was well it played, I think, well. by the DM is what ended up happening. Yeah. <laughs> we had then, Keisha play your oldest brother. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. That was really fun. We had really somebody. I his personality, but it's not right. his voice. Only his voice. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. His voice was not what we expected, but that's okay. We changed it after that to be. Oh, really? Yeah. Based off of what you decided. We're like, yeah. yeah excellent. Right. This is how it is now. Um, yeah. Then, we had the twins. Oh, yeah, Easton and Weston, my <laughs> younger brothers. <laughs> they didn't um, make it very far. No, and, and the refugees. By one person, yeah. just the same person. Right. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> and then... But yeah. yeah, we all got to be an NPC, essentially, if we weren't part of the main party. And Evan had made character cards for all of us to use that had, like, a brief description of their relationship, either to Agatha or to the village, and kind of what they were hoping to achieve at the festival, as well as just like general personality traits and some stats. Unique stats specifically for this as well. Like, you know, kind yeah. of standard ones, but also a couple of unique ones. Yeah, I made some bonus stats because it was like a bonus game. Yeah. And like, it was a lot of fun. One of the unique stats was both me and Kayla, uh, the characters we were playing, 
could each have advantages on certain rules uh, if the other was still in due to this just like unfriendly rivalry. Sibling rivalry. Yep, just like the (laughs) hatred for the other made the other one just want to keep on going. So that was fun. We'll have to talk about how that ended because that's spectacular. We will. Yeah, Uh, so explain some more about the festival. How does it work with the competition and everything? Sure. So like in-game or real life? Both. We'll start in-game so we we get the sense of the game. And then tell us about how it connected into the real life party. Sure. So the festival was a trip through the Nine Hells just to experience it and know what Asmodeus's creation is all about. Metaphorically, though. Metaphorically. So the first level was just understanding the rules, which was make it through without eating or drinking anything and... um, there's all nine, all nine layers, and there's some tough ones, and they involve wisdom saves and athletic mm-hmm. saves and uh, constitution saves and a bunch of damage. And a lot of people didn't make it through, but you learn those rules in the first layer, and the rules in real life at the first layer. That's when I explained to you like where all the points were and like right. how your skills worked. Some of the rules were, you know, like if we completed the real life challenges, our characters would get advantage. On the end game challenges, yeah, that's things right. like that, um, which I think was perfect yeah. because it gave people the option, like, all right, some of these challenges are interesting to say the least. <laughs> I can, I can choose to opt out of it, but man, advantage is nice, <laughs> right? Is and nice. like we knew going into it that there, for both uh, characters and players, that getting to the ninth level of hell was really difficult, and only a few people have ever done it before actually completed the full challenge mm-hmm. so we knew people would be dropping out so it was really a competition mm-hmm. going on and of course each game kind of represented each layer of hell which i'll let you guys talk about obviously but just uh trying to compete against each other and last as long as we can and then what level was it where you could finally take a rest and like eat and drink um it was the sixth seventh okay yeah, basically almost to the end right so you kind of have to reach a checkpoint almost to be able to even like continue playing and like get a little bit of health back before yes. the final challenge. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I mean, unless there's anything else to go over in the gist of the game, I'll let you tell us about each level. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to start? Sure. As unless well you as have you, something. Uh, what are the nine levels too? of hell? Yeah. First of all, let's just do a quick uh, summary. Yeah. So let's name them as we go through them. So that first level is Avernus. 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 Um, and that was the rule explaining one for both in-game and real life. The second level... Well, I think we should give a little bit of info about each level, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> so, Avernus in real life, or not in real life, in-game life, <laughs> is the layer of hell where all the battles are wrought. The battles between devils and demons. Right. So, it's bloody, it's scarred, it's blasted from war. So in game, the players went through a facsimile of that after they heard all the rules, and they walked through uh, a bloody street. It wasn't actually blood, <laughs> but it was made to look bloody. Yeah, um, chicken bones and such, and like it was pretty fun. I guess what we didn't say is that in game, the characters were traveling through the town to each level, and each yeah. part of the town was like. Decorated. set up or decorated to look like that level of hell, which is what Evan's talking about with the chicken bones and stuff for yeah. Brennus. Like a terrible village-wide whorehouse. Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. They were so festive. So they had to travel pretty far all over town to do this challenge, and it was like an all-day affair as well. Yeah. Okay. The second layer of hell is called Dis, and it's uh, the Iron City. There's also a giant red-hot iron prison underneath. So to do this challenge, the characters in game had to go under the city hall to the jail and sit in the jail and meditate for three hours without speaking. If they spoke, they were disqualified right at the second level. Disqualified. Disqualified. <laughs> Shall we describe the, um, the in game? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. the in game for that one, in real life, we had to count to twenty. Oh my god. As a group. As a group. Uh, it and, sounds easy, right? Uh, it's it's a classic party game you may have played yourself oh, before. Man. Should we try right now? 
Yeah, let's try right now. Oh, we'll give you so an example. Give us an example, everybody. I'll start. One, two, three. Oh, <laughs> not into it. I'll start over. If any two people begin or say the same number together, then everybody has to be. And you can't again. repeat a number. Yeah. Yep, can't repeat numbers. So. Oh my god, this is going to be near impossible with only four people. Should Maybe. we try again? We can just yeah. go to ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine? Ten. Oh, yay! <laughs> okay, it wasn't too bad. I remember oh, worrying that it was going to be too easy, the day yeah. we actually did this uh, together. Um, it took us quite a got, few tries. We got to like 16 off the first try. The first try. And then yeah. it took us like 15 more minutes to actually do it. So right. We kept getting stuck on the same number. What was that it number? I think it was 14. It was something where it was just always, every single time, <laughs> for like minutes on end, yep. no one could get past it because we were all so stressed. You could feel the tension rising as we got closer and closer to that number of people. And we're just like, like <laughs> guys, we're only on the second level. Come on, there's seven more levels <laughs> after seven this. More, come on. <laughs> we did it though. We, we made it through this. Somehow. Yeah. This is Dungeon Master Rick here with Hammer of the Gods. Do you enjoy socially awkward bards? I pull up 50 gold and I put it in the guard's hand and say, Can I go see the snakes now? Dungeons and Dragons and mildly inappropriate humor. Haha, <laughs> looks like Daniel's our new DM. Hi, Daddy. <laughs> Did you just call me Daddy? I've been in here for 10 seconds and we're already jumping straight to Daddy. All right. And epic fantasy combined with alternate history and a splash of Greek and other ancient mythologies thrown in for flavor. Why do the other Olympians Perfect. avoid Dionysus? Yeah, I don't know why. Because all he does is whine. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I, I'm praying to Daddy yeah, here. Yeah, now. So then you'll love Hammer of the Gods. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. And if you really enjoy our show, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash hampod. That's H-A-M-M-P-O-D. The next level of hell is Minaros, which is the stinky level of hell. <laughs> A vast swamp of polluted water and gnarly gunk. Um, so... We'll talk about the real life one first. Uh, I was going to actually describe the village. Okay, uh, you yeah, can the go ahead. So the village monastery uh, heavily relies upon chickens and eggs as like a source of protein. Not eating chickens, but chickens to like create all their egg dishes that they have. Uh, and naturally, some eggs go bad. You get some rotten ones and you got to make sure that they don't get used. Um, so a collection occurs throughout the year at this <laughs> village monastery and it is saved for the Asmodeus Agathon um, to be both thrown or scattered um, and just overall made into a smelly, Ugh, smelly, like, sounds basically awful. like little avenue through town. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In IRL, uh, I, uh, I, I'm a big skull collector of animals and I had <laughs> just casually putting just out there. Casually. I have to put that as animal skulls. <laughs> I just wanted to emphasize that animal skulls. Um, but for work, they had a little baby black bear and they asked me if I would macerate it to get all the soft tissue off. So I have it macerating in a bucket. It's all sealed. It's perfectly put away. Will until... you tell the audience what maceration means? Sure. Maceration is the process of removing soft tissue by submerging uh, something in water and you just simply let the little bacteria in the water take care of it. They do their little jobs. Um, they have a good time. And then you can like get all the soft tissue off really easily. Uh, it does take a little bit. You got to change out the water pretty often too. Um, so this little baby bear skull has been sitting in a bucket outside my home for a while. And the challenge in real life was that we all had to stand around it and simply have a whiff. We just had to experience the smell of it. It sounds easy, but it was honestly awful. It, it was, was easy for some who was covering from COVID and had no sense of smell. <laughs> yeah, that's very convenient. Hard was, for some that almost threw up. Yeah, it was yeah. rank. It was way worse than I thought it would be. It was actually, this is funny that you all say this because it was not as bad as I thought it would be, mm. if I'm being honest. That's good. Yeah. Same, but uh, I can't say. <laughs> we did have one player who opted out without a yeah. question. Everybody else, though, did attempt and yeah, there was one person who like awful, awful gagging and was just like off in the distance. I'm like, are you okay? I felt kind of bad. She's, She's like, like, no, I'm great. <laughs> it kind of it got stuck in the nose for quite a while, I will admit. Oh, yeah. But I yeah. I was going to say for like, just, sorry, just like a thought of your town 
saving all of those rotten <laughs> eggs. Just to like, throw. I just imagine that realistically, that section of town must like forever just be well. Smelly. Something I forgot smelly. to mention about this monastery is it is a mycelium monastery. Oh, right, Agatha is a mushroom oh, monastery, right. and mushrooms are a huge part of their culture and a huge part of like. Uh, all of them finding balance within the world and uh, also eating mushrooms. So I like to think that there's probably a mushroom that they just like spread the spores across that avenue after there you the, go. the festival and it just takes soaks care it of all it. up. Soaks I it all that. up. Happy little mushrooms afterwards. <laughs> that's totally so, true. That's how we took care of that. Yeah. Um, and I just that. wanted to add because we mentioned how there was one person opted out of the smelly challenge and that person didn't receive advantage on that particular role for our characters. To move through. Yeah. Something we forgot to talk about as far as rules is we got to pray to Asmodeus. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Whenever, yeah, whenever you needed to re-roll a number, just go ahead and pray to the devil. Right. There was only so many times you could ask for his favor, though. No, that wasn't true. What? Is that right? It just got harder each time oh, it was yeah. successful. That's what it was. Yeah. You had to reach a higher number. Up to a plateau, scared, though. So, like, some people were praying and, like, succeeded, like, six or seven times. Right. Jeez. Yeah. The person who opted out, uh, that was one of our fellow campaign members, uh, Montana, who plays a dwarf named Durzo. And this dwarf was... Did we figure this out? Was this the first dwarf to have visited the monastery? Yeah. Um, and he was not on board with He's Asmodeus. a cleric. Yeah, he's he was a cleric. He follows Lyra, who is <laughs> a goddess of, like, love and life yeah. and joy. He doesn't pray to other gods. He does not pray to other gods. That seems so pretty fair for a cleric. He, he did not pray to Asmodeus whatsoever. Not um, once. Not once. But we'll get to that further. Yeah. Okay, level four. Level four. Phlegethos. That's the... Phlegethos. That's... The layer of hell that you imagine whenever you think of hell. Fire everywhere. The air's on fire. The ground's on fire. The lava is on fire. My f- notes say fiery hell. Flames, flames, flames. Flames, <laughs> flames, Um. So in real life, the challenge for this one was fun. This is where like the challenges started getting fun. We all went... What was wrong? Oh, yeah. I mean, that was fun, but like... I guess. I mean, as someone who collects skulls, I enjoyed it. Yeah. But for the challenge for Phlegethos, we all went into a steamy bathroom, and we took some shots of fireball, just to really experience that flame, fire, hellscape. We had only a candle-lit room to sit in. It was quite close quarters, and that was just more the nature of the size of our bathroom than anything. And our water... In this house is really hot, so it did get quite oh, steamy and warm. Steam. In there. It was like a sauna. It was like a wet sauna. With 10 yeah. people crammed shoulder to shoulder, yep. smoking a joint and drinking fireball shots. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was yeah. actually not as crowded as I thought it was going to get. Well, I was in the middle, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> different for you. Yeah. That was really fun. In game. Yeah. We, uh, the players just had to be in a hot sauna. And take damage and had to survive it for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. For our uh, fellow player, Katie, who plays Fraz, a tiefling, this was really easy. Yes. She, uh, or rather, right. her character, they just blew through that one, no problem. Right. The rest of us humans uh, and dwarves and half elves were struggling. Yes. Sure. It was a little rough, for sure. Uh-huh. That was the first taste of the damage. You yeah. Know, like the first one, it wasn't so bad. And then it quickly got more and yeah. more intense. You're like, oh my God, that I'm was... halfway out of my health already that was definitely the first the first challenge we did in real life where i was like oh this is kind of hard <laughs> mm-hmm. is this the challenge with you two with your character no, 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 no. okay the um, next one okay yep which we can move to the next one yeah sure the next layer of hell is stygia it is a bottomless frozen ocean super cold super wet super barren um for the in real life challenge for this one. I think this one was my favorite. I think it was my favorite too. We filled up the sinks, two sinks <laughs> with ice water. Yeah, this one was awesome. And then we took a shot of peppermint schnapps and took five seconds to breathe. And then we dunked our heads under the ice water and held our breath for as long as we could. Um, Melanie won the in-game or in real life challenge she did slaughtered us 48 seconds which doesn't, doesn't sound, sound like, like a lot, lot it was hard underwater and all you hear is your heart 
heartbeat and the swallowing of peppermint in yeah, your, you in just your took throat. that shot. You just took it's that shot. Really cold. Ooh, and you can feel the person next to you who you're going up against because yeah. we do it in pairs. And yes. I could just like I could feel that person next to me stirring. I was like, I just have to not stir a little longer. Than <laughs> yeah. People got really competitive on that one. They sure, sure did. That one was fun. That was great. That mm-hmm. was the one where a few people wanted to go again. Oh just yes. for fun. Just for and fun. And we did. I did it again. Well, that was so fun. And I went first because we came out of that hot, steamy bathroom, like really, really hot. And I was ready to dunk my head in some nice cold water. So it was great. Yeah. So in game, what actually happened? In game, the players had to leave the hot, steamy bathhouse and go straight into the glacial lake and just exist in the glacial lake for half an hour. And uh, Ooh, polar challenge. Just exist. Yeah. For... At, at first, like jumping in a glacier lake after you're hot isn't too bad. So the first damage roll wasn't bad at all. But sitting in ice cold water for 30 minutes in real life, that's going to give you hyperthermia. Yes. So the, the last two rolls of damage were really high. And this, this is where Agatha and Jessica, my sister, had their final battle amongst each other. I think Tell we... us about it. I think we were both sitting on the couch together and we in game were just sitting next to like looking at each yeah. other in this super into it. Lake. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think we one of us, maybe you, maybe both of us were just like throwing uh, jabs back and forth at mm-hmm. one another. Uh, Which were perfect, by the way. <laughs> I, like it was top notch. If I'm being honest, I don't think I could remember and repeat no, any of them. I have no, no idea. No. No. The role play was on point, but I oh, have no yeah. idea what we did. Yeah, we were quite uh, tipsy at that point, and we were <laughs> quite into our role playing at that point. Yes. It was just like what you could imagine like angry sisters who dislike each other were being like. Um, it was wonderful. But we were doing very poor, both of us. Even we were, with advantage. Even yeah, with advantage. We were both we're, praying. We were both praying. We were both having a hard time. We were losing uh, hit points. I think we... You, you both went to zero on the same damage roll. Yes. Which was wild. Yeah. I remember... I think I got just like little, little, little hits at a time. And then suddenly I got a huge hit at the end mm-hmm. and just went down. Mm-hmm. And I think for your character, Kayla, as you were playing Jessica, um, yours was just the opposite. You got like a huge chunk off right away and then just a little bit. Yeah, I just kind of got whittled down. But at the end, we had like the same amount taken off and we both passed out. We both yeah. passed out the same Too time. cold. Actually, it wasn't the so, same time. Yeah, I had a split, it couldn't be at the second. same time yes. because you guys were rivals you know mm-hmm. it can't be a freaking tie <laughs> so i had you guys roll a constitution yeah. save to see who could last a few seconds longer i think i nat 20 right you did i did agatha nat 20 and yeah. jessica rolled poor if i remember mm-hmm. so agatha won one of the first challenges of her life where she's beaten <laughs> her younger sister at something uh, well she lost the challenge but she beat her sister she beat her that's all that matters that's matter. all that matters yeah. yeah that's all either of them wanted <laughs> but we didn't make it to the checkpoint yeah and so we were out of the game and we were out of the game in real life too mm-hmm. at this point a few other people were out yep. i think we were the first that was, which was no. well, your twin well, brothers were out. Oh, right? yeah. They were children. Or but they yeah, are children. They so. go further than anyone expected. Yeah, true. But Those were the two big damaging levels where I expected everybody to drop out early. Yeah, that's... And then there's two big damaging yeah. levels at the end, too. Anyway, the next level... So, the sixth level. The sixth level of hell is Malbolge, which is... A massive pile of angular stones ranging from large boulders to massive blocks the size of cities. Jeez. Um, forming jagged and angular tunnels. Huge pile of rocks prone to avalanche. In this level, in game, the players had to move a stone from the quarry to the place they were building new houses across the village. And they had to carry this stone with their own strength. In real life, we ran out of time at this point. So we stopped doing the in real life challenges. There was going to be an egg carry. Put an egg in a spoon in your mouth and walk around a little bit. But it was getting late and we had to get through four more levels of hell. Um, In game, this was the first chance the players had to take a short rest. And that was only if they were lucky enough. So I made them all roll a d8. 
and the people that rolled better got to get some of their health back with the, some of their hit dice. Brutal. Yeah, that yeah. helped me a lot for my character. <laughs> yeah. Um, the seventh level of hell, Maldomini, is similar to Malbulge, but it's solid ground instead of a giant avalanche of boulders. Um, in everything I've read about hell, it doesn't sound like a nice place, but it sounds like the nicest place out of all the hells. Hmm. There's like abandoned cities there. There's structures that are standing. So for this one in game, the players just had to walk back across the village to the next place. This was also a chance for them to have a short rest. And, and to eat, I believe. Eat some right? food. Something. Oh, yeah. yeah. So How? it being the Agathon, the only food they were allowed to consume were eggs. Deviled eggs. Asmodeus eggs. Yes. Mm -hmm. The spiciest deviled eggs you can get. Oh, that's right. We had to eat. We had to eat spicy eggs. And right. in real life, we really did make some yeah, spicy eggs. They were and salmon. They were delicious. So they were. Awesome. It was Evan and I's first time making deviled eggs. Oh, actually. Fun. It was really? super fun. Yeah. Turned out way better than I ever thought it could have. Oh, Those it was were so, so good. yummy. And some mm -hmm. habaneros out of the spicy pickle juice. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't even that spicy, but it was so tasty. Mm -hmm. Didn't you? Didn't we have an option to like amp it up with a dab of? Yeah. Yeah. The, the last, last dab. dab. The last dab from Hot Ones, the YouTube TV show. If you don't know it, listen to it, slash watch it. It's great. Yeah, it is great. <laughs> we're not sponsored. <laughs> no. I wish. I oh, wish. my God. I wish I could get their medium sauce just shipped to me every month. Oh it's gosh. so good. Hot Ones, can you sponsor Potions and Potpourri? <laughs> so we hot sauces sauce. to try with their potions yeah. as they talk about a potpourri of things. Yeah, oh my God. Exactly. I was trying to do an episode while, like, not dying. Right, while eating <laughs> Hot Ones. Oh, my gosh. It sounds like fun. Oh it's probably more fun to watch. Though. It does sound like fun to watch. Yeah. Spicy eggs. Spicy eggs. Spicy eggs. Well, the eighth layer of hell is Cania. It's a, it's the other cold layer of hell. It's solid ice mountains. Um, unusually fast glaciers and constant snowfall. So in game, the players had to trek up the tallest mountain in the village. And this is early spring. So up there, it was cold and snowy and blustery. And they just had to go exist up there. <laughs> 30 minutes. Um, but without protection from the elements. Mm -hmm. um, in real life, we went outside and it was dark at that point and it was really nice and cool and we just hung out for a little bit. <laughs> Took a break ourselves. It was supposed to be colder, but it was summer in Montana. So, Did you have something planned for that or did it just not it, happen because of time? It literally was just go outside. Okay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Players break. Yeah. I was planning for it to be near sunset. Mm. So we could just go look at the sunset, but we missed it by like hours. Oh, man. by hours! <laughs> like, so many levels ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so much fun on previous levels. Uh -huh. Sunset. Then we're finally to Nessus, the ninth layer of hell, and here it's like a kind of a mixture of all the layers, but it's mostly just a barren landscape, big cracks and canyons, and just dry and hot. Um, in game at this point any surviving players were trying to earn the title of asmodeus by being the last one standing or the first one to finish the eggs and when i'm talking about eggs i'm talking about nine asmodeus eggs and the way that the players had to do it they had to pluck an egg out of almost boiling water peel it it's a hard-boiled egg then dip it in seasonings super spicy seasonings and eat it one after the other, nine times. Um, they're taking damage on peeling it. And if they can't roll good enough to peel it, they have to like re-roll a sleight of hand to peel it. And they're taking damage each time. Did they take damage too for plucking it out of the hot water? Uh -huh. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And for eating it. Once it was in your mouth, it was really spicy. Brutal. And at this point, everybody started dropping like flies. Yes. Yeah. If Ex they hadn't already been dropping. Yeah, there were very few left at this point, like maybe three. I think it was four going into it. Four, yeah. Out of ten. Out of ten. Yeah. It was only Durzo Brutal. the dwarf, Phrasmorthos the tiefling. Oh, yeah. Egbert. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Egbert. And Justin? No, it wasn't. No, no. you got pushed off the mountain. It was, it was <laughs> Owen, 
the refugee who oh, has never partaken right. of this. Oh, yeah. He was played by Noah. Now yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, people started dropping like fr- flies. Yeah. Fraz, even though they could handle the hot temperatures, took too much damage in the cold levels mm. and they dropped out. Yeah. Owen just wasn't strong enough to make it all the way through and he dropped out. Um, then it was just Durzo the Dwarf and Egbert. And Durzo was ahead of Egbert because he was rolling super good all night. So dexterous. He didn't pray to Asmodeus once and he didn't use some of his advantages yet. And he was rolling and rolling and he even told you in game, he's like, listen, you gotta make it through too, son. <laughs> too, son. And uh, anyway, you didn't. You dropped out on like the sixth didn't, egg or something. Didn't have enough health. So close. So close. And Durzo just powered through. The last though, three eggs. Even though he was a priest of Lyra, he didn't pray to Asmodeus once. He won the challenge. Yeah. It was amazing. <laughs> he finished the challenge he too, finished. which is huge. Yeah. Anyway. And he was like, great. Moving on. <laughs> Not really, though. It became a very uh, prominent moment for uh, Zo. Yeah. Um, yeah, because his character was kind of like, kind of upset in that he won a challenge that was dedicated to this devil. He was upset with himself, but also uh, like praying to his god, ultimately, once he walked down the mountain and got back to town. And he, yeah, was not necessarily happy with how it went, even though everybody else was like so excited for him, like, wow, wow, the first dwarf in town won, amazing. Like, here's a stranger traveler who came Historical. It was historical for the village and it was devastating for Durzo. Um, He was not pleased, but just like the story building of it all, uh, his character was not necessarily uh, enthralled with the situation. (laughs) Yeah, it was was really interesting how everything ultimately played out. And again, Nobody planned it. We didn't write it that way. You didn't plan it that way. Exactly. It was literally yeah. like the dice, basically. I, yeah. I will say, though, that a few characters definitely had the advantage going into it. Yeah. Sure. Um, Agatha's grandpa, Estegabon, oh had advantage on pretty much everything but athletics. And Justin played that character, and he multiple times rolled crit fails, and yes. then he's like, I'm going to pray to Asmodeus, and then would nat 20. And so that was so cool. Fails so... in 20s from one person. Yeah, from one person. Oh my God. All night. I lost my mind. <laughs> was... oh. Some people literally saw Asmodeus in Estegabon in those moments. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. The religion was just so strong. Amen. Uh, amen. But you know who wasn't strong in the end was Estegabon. He's just too old these days, and he didn't make it on some of the athletics checks. That's he, true. That Dropped was his out. one weakness, and it, it got him. Durzo also had an advantage with his super high constitution mm. and super high wisdom. Good for him. Yeah. He was able to endure a lot of the damage a bit better, it seems like. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. he didn't need to pray right. at all, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the Asmodeus Egg Festival, though. Yeah. What was uh what was one of your favorite levels or parts about this game? Oh, for sure Stygia. Um <laughs> both just because of what happened between you and me, Caleb, yeah. characters, <laughs> and also just the head dunking into the icy water. That was so fun. Yeah, so fun. It's really fun. I'd do it again tonight. We have we have a ton of rumble schnapps. Rumble schnapps and uh what's the other ice water. We have tons of ice water. Uh, yeah, I really liked when Justin slash Estegabon rolled such good religion checks. Oh my it, god. It really showed to our bard character, Kay, because she rolled a religion check to see it. Because at the third nat 20, I'm like, all right, everybody roll to see if you see freaking Asmodeus <laughs> touching Estegabon. He's doing so good. And she did. That's right. And that, like, meant something to her. Cool. She yeah. came away a different character after Slightly that. Slightly different character after it that. It seems like a few of your characters probably walked away a little mm-hmm. different or it's transformative. Yeah. yeah. It was. How about for y'all? What was your favorite level? I liked, uh, what is it? Flang, Flangmaton? Flagethos. Oh. <laughs> Flagethos. I like that and Stiggy. I like them back to back like that. I feel like that was the most immersive part of the whole game. Yeah. For sure. I would agree 100%. Yeah. Those two for sure. It was just fun, like, 
herding everybody together, <laughs> just hanging out, trying to, you know, get through the trial. And then immediately after doing the dunking game, mm-hmm. which was a lot of fun to like watch and participate, like those two were the highlights. And it was, in my opinion, well worth the extended time it took mm-hmm. doing those. Yeah, and we didn't so. get to do like the egg, egg holding carry. one. Yeah, but you know what? Whatever. We've That's all done that totally before. Yeah. <laughs> what we haven't done is taken peppermint schnapps and dunk our head in ice water. Right, right. <laughs> Never yeah. done that before in After my life. taking shots in a steamy bathroom. Right. <laughs> like... Wow. What a time. <laughs> yeah. It was great. Yeah, I did. I thought, and I just thought the whole thing was super unique and just super fun. Like something oh, yeah. that we're going to remember. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Um, if you do it again, what's something you do differently? Hmm. I feel like it or that you wish so would've... well oh, great. that it couldn't have gone better other than wow. allotting more time and coming up with some different challenges for the ones we didn't do. Mm-hmm. Sure. Like in real life challenges. Yeah. Some of them are just kind of like we just did them. Yeah. We just like, you know, it's really hard to schedule that many people to hang out on a night. So we right. had to start at like seven, I think, if mm-hmm. you remember. And we took the hit, but like, whatever, we were done by like 1130. Right. And it was a weekend night. So some people had to work the next day, but most people didn't. So. It was still worth it either way too. Like, definitely. Definitely. For sure. Definitely. Well, I hope that, I hope there's some more festivals in your village. I would say. That we in, can come visit as outsiders. <laughs> I would say it's inspired me for sure. Like whether it be this campaign, uh, whether it be another or even different character. Um, so just like really add to those made up holidays. Yeah. Um, or even take like from real game holidays. I don't know what the D&D lore has to offer. Uh, I know that there are like certain months and there's certain seasons, they all have names, but it's inspired me for sure to like maybe press for this again, maybe for a different type of event. Uh, I think it would be just so fun to do. Yeah, I think think that it's just super cool how immersive of an experience you guys made for it. And I also hope that people listen and kind of get some ideas for how to immerse their players into the story a little bit more and engage the real life people to enjoy the fantasy story. Yeah. On a different level. All you need to do is go find a bear skull and put it in a bucket with water. <laughs> and then take a sniff. Take a whiff. That's all you need to do to have a to have fun playing D anD. d That's right. <laughs> That's the one requirement. One requirement. <laughs> <laughs> well, anything else, Keisha? Yeah, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Do you have any parting wisdom for our listeners in any way, shape, or form? Maybe a parting invitation. In a few sessions, there's going to be some stuff going on, and there I can't get into any details because I have a player right here. Yeah, I'm looking at Evan like, what do you mean, DM? But that means there's going to be some NPCs, and when I'm DMing, my least favorite part is when I have to be two NPCs. But I also really love when that happens because there's so much information to share with you guys anyway. (laughs) You should just get There's a an option. Puppets. Yeah, I should get a little sock puppet. <laughs> There's an option for some people to come in and play. Fun. Maybe even help me DM playing an NPC or playing monsters so I don't have to roll like a million dice love all it. the time. Yeah. So I love doing that kind perfect. of stuff. Yeah, definitely. I will extend a more detailed invitation to you guys. Great. And um, we can talk about that a little bit more. Yeah, nice. I love guest starring for like you guys. Like maybe two weeks, three weeks from now, something like that. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Any parting words from you? Oh, my gosh. I didn't prep for this part. No, you didn't prep no. for any of it. We, we didn't prep for any of this ourselves. <laughs> I mean, nothing for me. Okay. Right. Great. This well, camera, this camera, this camera. <laughs> tell us what you got going on in your life. <laughs> <laughs> share, 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 share. Share. Well, this was really fun. Thanks for inviting us to do a podcast. Thanks for talking about one of the funnest D&D games we've ever done. Wow, that's so nice of you to say it to me. It was so fun. <laughs> and also thank you for being the person and the reason why we're even here today. Yeah, thanks for introducing like, us to Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> so nice. Too kind. <laughs> okay. It is too kind. We're done with that now. Yeah, yeah we're, we're done gone. being kind. Uh, this has been another episode of Potions and Potpourri. Thanks again to Melanie and Evan for sharing your story with us. And Melanie, for being on the show again. Yeah. And hopefully we can bring you back to talk about 
about something else in the future. I would love to come back. Yeah. <laughs> you can find our show anywhere you stream, obviously, and also find us on Instagram where we post a lot of other content, not related to the show, but related to D&D, and also some videos on TikTok about the same kind of stuff. This has been Kayla. And Keisha. Thanks, everybody. Until next time. Yep. Catch you guys later. Bye. Good night. Bye. <laughs>